because it's been a few weeks since we recorded. This is the Feminine Critique. It is. I'm Emily. I'm Christine. This is our 62nd, I think, episode. <laughs> or something. <laughs> it took us four years to get here. I no. know. That's what I love, like, seeing other people, like uh, Richard from the Mad Bad Down Strange podcast, just posted something. It's like, episode 60, it's our year anniversary or something. And I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, it's taken us, like, three or four years to get to 60. But, you yeah. know, we're all about quality. You know, Unlike him. Who's <laughs> right? <laughs> just churning those things out. Uh, like the one that will be released next week, which I was a guest on, talking about Stand By Me and... Uh, uh, what was the other movie we talked about? It was an evil child film. One of my favorite evil um, child films. The Good, the good Son. Son. Thank you, The Good Son. Because okay. I couldn't do that movie on my episode <laughs> that will be being released after yours. I did um, Let's Scare Jessica to Death and Sisters. Nice. Those are good ones, though. So, but my initial pick was Let's Scare Jessica to Death and The Good Son. Maybe not the best well, It works in its own way. <laughs> Here's the best thing about everything that's going on right now. So... I just mentioned the next, you know, a pod, guesting on a podcast where we talk about The Good Son, which Christine really wanted to talk about. Meanwhile, today's episode, Christine, what are we talking about? Talking about The Brood and The Bad Seed. And The Bad Seed. And Christine, do you want to know what I have on on mute that's airing on the Sci-Fi channel right now? Um, yeah, I want to know. You can probably guess what it is. What I is the know. best evil child film of the last 10 years? Orphan? Yeah. Well, duh. Exactly. <laughs> you had to give me like seven qualifiers, but I got it. <laughs> um, orphan, this could always, everything could always turn into a, um, orphan is actually the best, an orphan celebration, if you will, but orphan really is good. Not uh, a celebration of orphans, but like. Well, I mean, they're, they're great too. Bring one home today. Let's celebrate Whether it's them. a four-legged friend or a two-legged child that you have to pay more stuff for uh yeah. adopt people adopt just don't adopt um uh evil russian little girls who wear chokers because they're bad news they're bad news bad news uh but yeah today it's like my dream episode because we're talking about the bad seed and the brood so we're talking about um little blonde killers yep kind of my sweet spot not gonna lie kind of my no, sweet it is. spot it is i know mm-hmm. uh but now before we get to those movies 
Yeah. It's been a few weeks since we've uh, talked. It's been, it's been a while. Good thing I, I stopped watching movies. You didn't stop watching movies. Cold Turkey. No, I didn't stop watching movies, but I went into this thing. Um, I, I got this thing called the library card. Yay! I'm so happy for you. And I read Rosemary's Baby in a week. Okay. And I'm plugging along on um, <laughs> House of Seven Gables. All right, all right. So Classy, I, you. You know what? I just I just try to not, I don't know. I, I just think sometimes, I overdid it. Sometimes and, you got to nerd it up, you know? In October, we actually successfully did the, the, we actually ended up doing 32 movies in October. Oh, damn, girl. Horror movies. And damn. It, I think I needed a break. Well, more importantly, you weren't just watching movies, you were poeticizing movies. I was writing poems yeah, about no. movies. Where can people go to read your poetry? Um, it's a blogspot site called you don't know what death is. Blogs, no, WordPress, WordPress.com. Um, but also like I've linked it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of really them, good. They're really good. Some of them are funny, them some is, of them are deep. One of them is getting published. <gasps> Yay! Which so which funny. movie? Um, it's for Nightmare on Elm Street, but it's not the original one. It's a different version I wrote for them. Ooh, okay, cool. And so I'm I'm excited. That's awesome. I thought it was fun and funny. Well deserved. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So you probably know some of the stuff that I was watching. I know a few of them, but uh, the, that doesn't mean the listeners do, because not um, everybody reads. I don't know if you know this. That's true. This has been told to me many times in my line of work, which is uh, writing, um, where I've handed like you know, a piece of work to somebody and I've, and they've looked at it and made a comment. I'm like, okay, but is it, is there anything I need to change in the words? Oh, nobody reads the words. Uh, okay. That makes me feel good about myself well, and my career. You know what? Also, it could just mean your job is just so, you're just so good. Oh, you do yeah. such a good job. I, I, gar- I guarantee you every time I start to feel that way, I've, somebody finds the most ridiculous typo. So. Oh yes. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, so tell me, tell tell me, what are all these 32, or not the full 32, because we went through probably 10 yeah. of them or so, but what you got? Well, did I tell you that I rewatched Screams? Uh, I knew that you rewatched, yes. So I rewatched yes. the Screams. I mean, you know, no need to say anything about them. They're great. Um, Where do you stand uh, on part four? I love four. Mm-hmm. I think if I order them, it's one... Four, three, two. Oh, wow, I'm so reverse. That I'm was probably tough. two, one, four, three. Oh, two to me is just I an abomination. Two. two is so good. I was. I think we should cover two someday because okay. I have a lot of opinions. I am. I am totally up for that. <laughs> but I love them, and I watched them, and it was great. Okay. Um, I watched Crimson Peak in the theater. I did too. Did you? I did. I actually went to the theater. I did. I went to the theater twice this month. What? I, I wonder know. what the other thing is. Hopefully, you'll tell me. I just might if you <laughs> stick around. <laughs> did you like it? I did. Uh, I had heard we went maybe the second week it was out. Yeah. And so I had, the word started to spread of like it, you know, people or it not making money and people blaming it on uh, it not being as much a horror movie as maybe it was presented as. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed it because I think. Um, it's really fun. It's so pretty. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I love Jessica Chastain in it. She's having oh, a blast. So great. She's so great in it. Yeah. And yeah. the, like, they went to there in places where I'm like, are they going to, oh, they did. Uh, the, and the color palette, it was so pretty. It was pretty. And I love, like, the whole time I'm like, this is so pretty. I couldn't quite put my finger on what it reminded me of. And then I forget who it was. It might have been Kelly from Night Living Podcast. Basically pointed out, like, oh, he's using, like, a Mario Bava palette. As soon as he said that, I'm like, oh, my God, yes, he is. Yeah. Like, there was really, rich rich uh bright colors where like everything feels like it's made of velvet um so yeah i enjoyed it something funny and i'm curious if you had the same theatrical experience our theater was pretty packed there was a lot of laughter and i was kind of with it because i felt like to me it was campy yeah and but like brandon brandon was like no i kind of took it seriously and i i couldn't decide if it was laughter in a like oh my god, I can't believe they did that kind of way, or if it was laughter in a, like, this is stupid, or what. So I'm curious, did you find it funny? No. Okay. And there was no laughter. Hmm. Okay. There was more laughter in uh, the new Mission Impossible movie than there was in this thing. People were straight up laughing at that movie. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, no, I I didn't, no one really, I don't, didn't get that vibe hmm. at all. Um I liked it a lot. I get. I can see where you're coming from with the the campy, mm-hmm. um, which I, I didn't have a problem with. That, no, for me, me that enhanced it. Um, I think I will like it more upon subsequent viewings. For me, my only complaints were that it never was enough of anything. I could it see was, that it was never creepy enough. It was never disturbing enough. It was never, you know poetic and and dramatic enough it was never about his stupid machine enough it was never about the Mm -hmm. ghosts enough it was about everything yeah that's a very very good point i kind of wish it would have just like drilled into something a little bit but like what i think he was trying to present us with something that was accessible to a lot of people Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, maybe that is its failure by trying to be too accessible. But I, again, it I, is. And at the same time, it would have been very easy for him to have made this into PG 13. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like it's rated R, which definitely hurt it. Yeah. It hurt its box office. Presumably you would think it would have helped its, you know, kind of fanboy uh, defense. Yeah. But it's the kind of movie where you look at it, you're like, this is so, you know, you take out, really like one or two cuts and you've got a pg-13 movie like there's really and it's it's a weird spot where like i really wouldn't have minded if it was pg-13 no me neither but yeah it it makes me worried for him just because this was a very expensive movie it didn't do well uh it's it's a it's a hard thing for for a studio to give him money and i feel like it should I mean, if I was a studio head, I wouldn't give him $200 million for his next movie. Yeah. Even if yeah. I really liked it, I would I would look at the returns and be like, I don't know that you're going to make that back. <sighs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm glad it exists, mm-hmm, and I'm glad I saw it in the theater. Yeah, yeah same here. I kind of knew, no matter what its detractors were going to be, like, I would still like it. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. So, so yeah, watched that. Um, I watched a movie on the internets that I think that you had suggested mm-hmm. called The Shrine. I did. That was my uh, instant pick a few weeks back. That was. Okay. I thought it was you because I had said it to my mom and I don't think she had seen it. Um, <laughs> it's always either me or your mom. I love it. <laughs> that's, that's who I get them from. Um, it was pretty good. Wasn't it? All things considered. I mean, 
it the story was like real good. Yeah. Granted, it, I think it had some hindrances due to budget, but I completely understand that. I think it did the best it could with what it had, and it really excelled in a lot of yeah. spots. And it just feels and fresh as far as the story goes. Really does. It, it took a turn that honestly I was not yeah. looking for. I wasn't waiting for it to take a turn. Mm-hmm. And so when it kind of did, I was like, oh, we're doing yep. this now? I'm, so I'm yeah, glad it was you enjoyed it. Um, and one of the Ashmores was in it. Yeah, I've decided they're one person. Oh, so hot. Yeah, I, I don't differentiate between but the two. That was, um, there's Sean, and then there's that one. And that one is, to me, better looking. I can't think of his name right now. It's like okay. the London, Jason and Jeremy London. They're one person. I refuse to ever I care understand. enough to, to uh, decipher. But if you look at Sean and Aaron Ashmore, I don't know. It's the other one. I'm going to look at them Sharon Ashmore then from now on. One of them has a long, I swear one of them has a longer torso. I can't. <laughs> I love that that's what you notice. I can't explain it, but. <laughs> The one in this movie is is the is the Ashmore. Who wears pants better? It's just a thing. Yeah, it could be that they were dressed differently. Either way, I like this Ashmore. So yeah, that's not my recommend for this week, but okay. it's my recommend. Watch it. Um, I watched a terrible movie on Instant called Playback that I don't even want to talk about. But terrible in a way I should watch it, or in a way I shouldn't watch it. Uh, boy, no, no. No. Okay. No, don't watch I it. Won't. It's ridiculous and a waste of time. Is wait, is this the one with Kate Bosworth? I don't think so. Okay. Hold on. Now we're talking oh, about man, it. Man, I'm sorry. Okay. Can never like, leave well enough alone, can I, I? Christian Slater is in it. Oh. But like only a little bit, even though he's top build. Oh, it's one of those cases. Oh, it is. Um, a cop investigates the case of a missing local teen, though he discovers a dark secret that has been unleashed in his town and oh. an evil spirit that will stop at nothing to find its heir. That is a very nice synopsis. (laughs) It is about stupid stuff in video footage. Hmm. Okay. So I watched that, and it was really the low point of the month. Um, I rewatched Trick or Treat because I love it. It's so much fun. Great movie. Zach had never seen it. Oh. And he had always heard it was pretty good, but wasn't like, it's really good. And I was like, no, it's really good. It's really good. So we watched that. Um, we watched and argued through The Shining. That was fun. What did, where did the argument come from? I have very... Do you feel as though it is an analogy for Native American genocide? He does. Really? Yeah, like he genuinely does. Okay. And I don't, and the points that he makes sometimes I don't agree with. But I, I have really strong opinions on it. And he had never... There was just, we'll have to, you know, honestly, when you come down, we'll sit and talk about it. I would because love to. We, we are, we were so divided on some stuff. Like there are just some, some Danny stuff and, um, some stuff with Wendy that I always just took like this. No, that's what happened. Mm. For, I took for granted that this, yes, absolutely. Like why was the room, the door to two, three, seven open? What did Danny see when he went in? Did he see the, like things that I just always assumed like, yes, this is what happened. Zach didn't see it the same way. Mm, interesting. It was, it was really interesting. Yeah. But we ended up arguing through a, a big portion of it. <laughs> and actually, the wedding is off. <laughs> Pause it. I would like to yell more about this. <laughs> um, so I watched Let's Scare Jessica to Death. Mm-hmm. Did you never love it? it? I did. Isn't it good? Guess who didn't like it? 
Richard, who will be really? talking about the podcast. He did not. Wow. I thought it was great. He said it was super confusing. And I said, what's confusing? They're like weird, witchy, vampire, non-dead. They're hippies, and, you know, and, they're, and they're making her crazy. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, she just crazy. I, I liked it. And, and he brought up some points and some things that he couldn't. You'll have to listen to the show. I definitely but will. Some things that, especially because you liked it. Yeah. Um, it's some been a while that, since I watched it. but Some things that he couldn't get past. And I could see, like, yeah, that could be... Mm-hmm. Okay. That's yeah. Point. But I loved it. I'm really glad I finally get to see it. Cool. Because you know it's one of those that's that's always cited in people's arguments and articles and essays about like it's a good reference film because there's not it's it's very of its era but it's hard to really think of movies like it because it is yeah. very unusual and it has such a good title. It does have a great yeah. title. I don't know. I just I, I really dug it. I thought it was a lot of yeah. a lot of fun. I'm a fan. Um, I watched Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2. Okay, good. Did you stop there? Yes. Okay, good. Because you've been worrying me with with you being a little more, you know, watching Halloween Resurrection and everything. These came at the end of the month, like right at the end. And there was, we bought like a Blu-ray double feature. Nice. The two. It was like six bucks or something. And I was like, yeah, I'll buy them and we'll watch them tonight. And, um, there was talk of, of moving forward with them. And I kind of just never allowed it to be brought you, up again. I was going to say squash that. Squash that. That is opening up its own Hellraiser box. Like there's like will. eight or nine of them, oh, aren't God, there? there's so many and none of them have anything to do with anything. Oh. And it's, yeah, no, just e- don't. Even just the don't. second one starts to lose its footing a little bit. The second one is, looks really cool, but it's not, I mean, narratively, I guess, is, uh, is not great. But it's just really cool to look at. So much running. It's like running in circles. I yeah. never got that feeling from the first one. And but- there's so much. Like, I think like 80% of the dialogue in part two is, um, Kirsty, Tina, Kirsty, Tina. It, really, it feels like they had, you know, an hour a movie that they needed to make an hour and a half. Yeah, it definitely feels padded. Um, but they, he, he kept, Zach kept getting on IMDb and saying like, oh, did you know that blah, blah came out in this year? I kept saying like, look, no, I don't want to do the rest of them. <laughs> um, so I watched Sisters, which I, I mentioned. I know what I'm getting you for, for your wedding present. No, that's a, that's a punishment. I've watched, <laughs> I think it's Hellraiser Bloodlines because that's the one with Adam Scott in it. Right. That one's so bad one. too. Like, I don't even remember which ones I've seen, but I don't even think it matters. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, so I don't want to watch them because it's a waste of time. I mm-hmm. think that it's more of a waste that. of time than, like, worth the experiment of sitting through them. Mm-hmm. Maybe next year. Um, so I watched Sisters, which I love. Have you seen Sisters? A while back, yes. Mm-hmm. I like that movie a lot. I talked about that on Richard's podcast as well. I don't like, there's like a final little act that really slows it down for me. But other than that, I love that movie. Um, So yeah. Um, So I've watched Night of the Hunter. Had you never seen it before? Had never seen it before. What did you think? I really liked it. I love it. It was disturbing as fuck. Isn't it? It made me really upset. We watched it with um, one of Zach's friends on Halloween night. Like, that was our Halloween night. Ooh, good one. I know. Nerds, right? (laughs) It's a little little offbeat for Halloween, but it works because it's so atmospheric. It really is. So it was a movie none of us had seen, and it was kind of just like, well, we all heard it was good. Mm -hmm. So we sat down and watched it, and, like, it really got under my skin. 
it's unsettling because uh, First- he's so good. Um, did you catch, by the way, that uh, the, one of the ladies in it was the neighbor in the bad seed? No. Yeah. I forget who she is in Night of the Hunter, but you can. She's it's the the bigger woman in the bad seat. It's she... the aunt who lives upstairs. Oh my god! So she's probably the lady that owns the candy store. Yes, that... that's it. That's it. Oh my gosh! That's yeah, so weird. totally her. <laughs> I forget the actress's name. It's like Evelyn. It's a very like forty sounding oh. frumpy actress name, but I can't remember it offhand. It, like look at me being all classy, right? Uh, so to to you know continue my classiness, I watched The Haunting. The um, oh, okay. Owen Wilson, Old Catherine Zeta Jones. <laughs> wait, no, wait, which one? Owen Wilson, Catherine Zeta Jones. You didn't watch that one. Liam Neeson. You watched that one. You really I've watched seen, that one. I've literally seen that movie like half a dozen times <laughs> because I just finished rereading um, The House on Haunted Hill. So you decided to watch. Yeah, yeah, the most faithful adaptation of that movie. I mean, of that book. Okay, okay. No, I hate that movie. <laughs> it's so bad. We decided to like rage watch it, and then okay. ended up that could be fun. And then ended up like, no, we can't go to bed yet. We have to finish this movie. <laughs> Dangerous. Because Zach kept saying like, well, wait, is this in the book? And I was like, no. And he's like, then why is it in the movie? I go, I don't know. <laughs> Like, all angry. Because Jan de Bont wanted it, damn it. Oh, and he was fascinated by that. He's like, I don't think a native English speaker directed this movie. And are <laughs> like, nope, 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 actually he did not. Nope. It was like a joke, and then he was like, nope, I was right. All right, and then I'm almost done, but I saved the best for last. All right, was it? Bride of Chucky, see it of Chucky. Yes! Oh my god, oh my god, I forgot that you watched these. I forgot that you watched these. How much do you love them? Well, the Curse of Chucky is god-awful. Oh, I like Curse of Chucky. <laughs> It's like it's like if, say these movies say these movies were all different acts of the same movie. <laughs> okay, that, like it just falls off a cliff in that third act. Then like it's just like someone stamps on the brakes and says, "Let's change things up." Completely different tone. Well, Completely- I kind of like because they had gone so far. Because the seed of Chucky is all out John Waters, essentially. Man, seed of Chucky is fucking great. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> seed of Chucky is is my like child's play. Always has to be my number one because of personal things. But yeah. seed of Chucky is the one that I probably watched the most because it's just it's like it was made for me. It is pure camp. Um, it goes so far and has so it much does. fun with itself. But like, okay, why didn't you ever tell me? That Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky was so good. I can't believe I never told you because it's like I talk about it like once probably every two days. <laughs> Maybe I just spared you so, from it because I liked you and I didn't want to annoy you the way I've annoyed other people talking no, about it. Okay, movies. so Curse of Chucky streaming. It's on instant. Okay. So Zach said, let's watch Curse of Chucky. And I was like, look, I'm going to get confused because I haven't seen the It's very the true. Yeah. And he's like, I don't think so. And I was like, look, no, I don't know. There a, might they're be like continuity. the Saw movies. There is a storyline that follows all the way through. I said, there might be continuity. There is. And he's like, do you, do you really want to watch Bride of Chucky? I said, why not? I like Jennifer Tilly. And he was like, all right. So we, we rented it. And I was like, that was the best fucking oh God, movie so I've ever seen in my life. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to become Jennifer Tilly in that movie. Like, I want to be her. You just need to buy a trailer. Every way. And that movie blonde. was just everything I've ever wanted, except Katherine yeah. Heigl, but everything I've ever <laughs> wanted. So I was like, we looked at each other and we were like, how was that movie so good? Do you want to watch Cedar Chucky? Uh-huh. So we watched Cedar Chucky right after. Yeah. And it was so good. I was like, this is going to be garbage. 
But then, like, it's not. It's so not. Because it, Seed of Chucky is the um, – I think Don Mancini also directed Curse of yeah. Chucky. But Seed of Chucky that. really felt like it was him. He had written all four of the movies, and finally he was given the chance, like, full reign over Seed. And he's like, okay, I am going to do this my way. And, like, to me, he made the Chucky movie that I would have wanted to make because he found – finds the humor in it. He – it gets to utilize Jennifer Tilly oh, so, so well because she gets to play. So Je- she gets to play Jennifer Tilly. It's and the She's funny so the jokes about playing her, Jennifer Tilly, her voice and stuff. Yeah. Oh, and like. Because she and she's so funny, but really likable in Seed of Chucky. Mm-hmm. And then as Tiffany, she's still really fun. Um, I love uh, Glenn or Glenda, whichever you oh, call him. I thought he's I was so going to hate that. He's so cute. Or she's was, so cute. I was like irritated, mm-hmm. and then like I'm going to hate this, mm-hmm. and then immediately like. He he or she started talking, and yep. I was like, "Oh no, I'm in. this I'm, is yep. this is melted." Yeah, it has a great ending. Oh, I love yeah. it. I I really liked it. I'm really glad you did. So yeah, and then Curse was just a little bit. I mean, I like Curse. Up to that, I guess. I mean, I feel like he kind of got to a point. He's like, "Okay, Seed was so out there that it's really hard to do that again." And do you really want to at that point? So it was kind of a way of sort of merging, like, the darker actual horror movie tone with the sort of lightness. So it sort of makes Chucky kind of scary again, but it's still pretty self-aware. I wish I could find the picture. I'll put it in the the Facebook group. Chucky makes a face in that movie that I just don't understand. Did you notice his face just kept changing the whole time? Yeah, the doll doesn't look great in Curse, and I don't know how much of that was budget or if they didn't, yeah, you know, weren't working with the same team or what. But yeah. it was a bummer. Like sometimes it looked good, and then sometimes it looked like it was trying to be human, and then sometimes it didn't, and I was just confused. I could see that. That's fair. All right, that's I, I it. I accept it. I went on forever. That's cool. All right, so mine, what I've been watching. Um, yeah, I definitely watch more movies than I normally do, but uh, let's go through it. On Instant Watch, because uh, I had heard good things, I watched The Den. Uh-huh. Had, had you seen this? No. Okay, but it's it's found footage. It's the one that's found footage, like, via... Um, like Skype, essentially. Yeah. Like, so my mom won't stop talking to me about. I it. really liked it <laughs> because I'm your mom. I didn't know if I wanted to tell you this now, but Christine, I'm actually your mother. Oh, it all makes sense. It now. Totally now does, doesn't it? Uh, no, this was. It's really good. Um, it's dark. It's kind of ugly, but the lead is really likable, and she's great. Mm-hmm. And that makes a really big difference because if she wasn't, this could have been insufferable. Yep. Uh, I understand it's, that. It's good. It's disturbing just because the idea of somebody that essentially has gotten into your computer for me is really upsetting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, it does its gimmick very well and doesn't force it and lets it make sense. Uh, and like more importantly, they make her pretty, uh, pretty uh, smart. I mean, she makes some bad decisions, but when like shit starts going down she's making action. Like, she's fighting back. She's Mm -hmm. outsmarting things. Like, so I really like that, and that made a big difference for me in enjoying it. Uh, It's on Insta. It's really short. It's, like, 80 minutes, I think, if even that. So I'd I'd give it a go. Cool. It's it's been on the list, and, you know, hearing you 
Yeah, I, I, I think you dig it. Okay. Uh, for Halloween, did some of my, my annual, like the Halloween movie I always try to watch is Halloween 3, as I think mm-hmm. we talked about, so I watched Halloween 3. Yay! I love it so much. I just, Me too. It's just so good. Uh, and then, because it had been a few years since I really sat down and watched it, and because my Halloween costume this year was, uh, Lestrode, <gasps> uh, I sat down and watched Halloween. So good! Which I hadn't seen in a, in a while. It really is. It was one of those movies that I think I need to do that like every five years because, mm-hmm. man, it's so good. And there's so many reasons when you're watching it and you think of how many, and at this point it's hundreds of movies it spawned and that, yep. you know, are influenced by it. And you see what what they were missing that Halloween does. It's so important that, you know, the you like the character and not like, Oh, you have to be a likable character. It's like, no, it's not not that it's that I'm invested in them. I'm entertained by them. So I care when, you know, when they're dying. Uh, and, and that's a big part of it. Like, it's funny. It's like, the girls are cute. Uh, they're so great. Right. Yeah. And, and I forgot how great a final girl Lori is. Because it's not just that, like, you know, she's pretty savvy about defending herself. She's also, like, really good with the kids and trying to protect yeah. them and everything. And, it, I mean, just how beautiful that film is and how many shots are in there that are just, yep. like, oh. So gorgeous. Yeah. It's, it's gorgeous. really... It's Put a T on the end of that one. <laughs> yeah. Halloween. T- uh, but it's, seriously, if you haven't given it a chance in a while, it's, it's so good. It is not overrated in the least, in my opinion. Uh, on Halloween, playing some board games and had a movie on in the background, and that movie was Battle Royale. Oh, I haven't seen that in forever. I know. It had been a while for me, too, and it was one of those, like, oh, let's put something on the background. And, of course, then I'm, like, really distracted because I have to watch it because it's so good. So much fun. And this time around watching it, something I really appreciated was how... 14 the characters are (laughs) like they really are and this comes across in the book too like they're 14 year olds so that's why like i know some people complain about like oh because characters have crushes and that's this big thing like no but when you're 14 it is and if you're gonna die like that's the time you're gonna do something about it and yeah and i really like that about it uh, on it was this was on instant, but now I don't think it is anymore. Which of course is why I watched it because it was going off of instant. I'm really curious if you've seen this. It was so weird. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Twixt. No, uh, it was on my list forever. I didn't realize that it was gone. Yeah, it was gone. It's gone now. It may come back. They often do. Sometimes they come back. Again. <gasps> that would be a great name for a movie, wouldn't it? And then if you had a sequel, you could call it again. Uh, Sometimes they come back. Uh, also, also. <laughs> so Twixt, which I thought was about an evil clown based on the cover, but it turns out that's just Dakota Fanning or Elle Fanning it's, with like that's Elle Fanning, goth makeup. Right? I know. Yeah, it is. I really thought she was dressed like a clown. Um, oh, she's not. She's like a goth girl kind of thing. This is a really strange movie. I enjoyed it. I think you would enjoy it. I don't know for sure. It's so weird. Val Kilmer is a sort of like uh, lower rent horror author who goes to a small town and ends up like getting embroiled in this big mystery. Bruce Dern plays the sheriff and he's having so much fun. Bruce Dern is just having a blast. Bruce Dern is in The Haunting. I forgot that. 
for six seconds. Well, everybody's got to work. So you have, uh, like, Edgar Allan Poe, the ghost of Edgar Allan Poe is a character in this movie. Mm -hmm. It's very strange. That sounds good. I can't really think of anything that it's like, because it's... It's really, it's very light. Like it is a horror movie, but it's, it's a, but it's, I wouldn't call it a comedy. It's kind of got like, I guess, a macabre sense of humor, if you will. Yeah. Uh, It's just bizarre. And I enjoyed it because it was the kind of thing I'm like, I have no idea where this is going. And it's really pretty to look at. Uh, just because it's like done in a lot of times where it would be sort of that like Sin City style of it almost being black and white with like splits mm-hmm. of color. So it's really neat looking. It's really strange. It has a really good cast for some reason. Give it a go. Give it a go, Christine. Okay. Do it. It would be my in, in my Netflix recommend if it was still on there. But Oh, all right. Well, put it on your list. On your long list. Uh, another movie that just list. expired on Netflix. Uh, oh, is this is one good too? Should I? Should I? If, well, we'd, I think we'd have to stop recording for you to watch it before it expires on the twelfth. So, oh no! I mean, I like this one, but not that much. This was Grabbers. Oh, my mom loves that movie. I liked it. It's really she fun. better come to the wedding so you guys. I know. Can we, I just want to sit in a corner and talk about movies with your mom. <laughs> I think we'd have fun. So, Grabbers. Uh, it's the same guy who did Tormented, which I loved. Tormented was sort of a like high school bullies. Uh, drive a kid to suicide and then he comes back and kills them but it was done as a really dark comedy and it's really funny and I think with I think what happened was just I had heard so many people talk about Grabbers and nobody ever talked about Tormented yeah. so I'm like oh Grabbers must be like even better than that and this one it's I don't think it, to me I like Tormented better this is really like sweet because it's yeah. this you know little uh, island town in Ireland and uh they there's sea monsters and the only way to keep them away from you is to get drunk. So it's like are a they whole, the grabbers? The grabbers are the thingies. Yeah, they're sea like monsters. sea creature, monster, face hugger thingy things. Okay. Uh, so then all the you know kind of straighter characters have to get drunk for it. So it's it's funny and it's really sweet and the characters are really likable and everything. Um, I do recommend it. I just I really right. I vouch for tormented and nobody talks about it so. Uh, but Grabbers was fun. I think you'd enjoy it. Uh, another movie I watched because I heard it was terrible because <laughs> I'd do that. That's what you do. This was on Amazon Prime and it was okay. called Smiley. I think I know the cover of this. Yeah, there's a couple of covers. There's one cover where it's just like a burlap sack head with a smiley face. Yeah. And then there's another cover that's very 90s slasher where it's like a bunch of young pretty people standing in a V. Oh, I don't know if I know that okay. one. Yeah, equally... So- Suggestive. The weird thing is how many things this has in common with the den, uh, because this is um, also about a sort of like Skype, like stranger Skype, where you log on, you just can chat with anybody and video chat with them. But what okay. happens is like if you say something when you're talking to the person, then somebody comes with a smiley mask and kills the person you're talking to. What? Yeah. <laughs> It it does. It that happens. Um, I don't know about that. So it's kind of a slasher with this sort of bloody mary internet thing going on. Uh the lead's really good. Like the lead actress is just really cute and really likable and like she kind of gets it. Uh but I don't know if the movie fully gets it because I can't tell if it's serious, if it's totally poking fun at itself or what. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it for what that's worth. Uh, it's I, it's not a good horror movie, but it's a it's an entertaining movie, I guess. 
I thought. But my taste well, has never been. Uh, sometimes you. I know. I know. Uh, I, this was a DVD. I was all excited because I had never seen El Mariachi or Desperado. And so I got Netflix has the double disc uh, where they have both on there. Mm-hmm. But El Mariachi is entirely in Spanish with no subtitles. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, I can only sit through this so long before <laughs> I have to admit I don't really speak Spanish. So instead, I just watched Desperado, which is pretty fun. <laughs> You're so fucking funny. <laughs> and El Mariachi doesn't have Antonio Mandatos singing That's uh, true. and doing a beautiful guitar number in a, in a bar and then shooting people. So I, regardless, Desperado would have won that match anyway. But I enjoyed it. This was for uh, Outside the Cinema does every year around Halloween. They do a sort of day where bill just shows a bunch of terrible movies and everybody yeah i remember about them this was fun yeah i got to watch microwave massacre what the fuck is that it is about you know i'm about to say it's about a microwave that no it's not not about that it's about this dude who's a construction worker and his wife cooks fancy meals, and he just wants basic meals, so he kills her and puts her in the microwave. I'm ready to jump out the window. And then discovers that human meat's really good, so he starts killing hookers and putting their body parts in his microwave, and then eating it, and then sharing it with his fellow construction workers. Nope. This is not real. This is real. It's really bad. Like, it's more entertaining than Deathbed, the bed that eats, oh, because man. more stuff happens in it. Uh, but it's equally bad. Like, it's it's really bad. I mean, it's only enjoyable <sighs> if you're drunk or watching it with people who are drunk. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, a movie on Netflix Instant that I actually really liked was called Circle. Okay. Uh, you I might don't have think seen I know it. what this is. Okay, because it's been... I saw it. It was, like, one of, like, the first ones recommended for me when I logged in. And I looked <laughs> at the premise. I'm like, yeah, this sounds like it's for me. I guess I'll watch it. That's, that's how I live my life. Goofus. So Circle is about 50 uh-huh. people wake up in this room that's sort of like a Gravitron, like the carnival okay. ride, where it's just like this big black room with lights. And what happens is like every two minutes, somebody is zapped and killed, but mm-hmm. they can like, they realize they're voting on who gets killed. Mm-hmm. So it becomes very much like, well, who's the oldest person here? We should kill them. Well, who has children? Let's not kill them. And so on. Uh, it's it's very like Twilight zone sort of as a movie well i like that i enjoyed it a lot it's not amazing uh it could have been really bad like it's a very simple premise that could have been very mishandled Mm -hmm. um it's very like it sticks to its rules it's quick like sure enough every you know two minutes like the alarm starts to sound and somebody dies like it it constantly keeps moving julie benz is in it (gasps) yeah Fun. And that was part of why I watched it. I'm like, because at least, because I'd never heard of it, but I saw her name. I'm like, okay, so at least I know, like, a real, there are real people, not, um, I don't know, like, claymation figures in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so, I, it's, again, it's really short. It's, like, 85 minutes, as well it should be, because it's a very simple premise. Um, at first, I really didn't like the endings. I'm like, I don't get it. But the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, okay, I think I get it. Was it, like, difficult to get? Uh, maybe if you're me. <laughs> I don't know. It has a, the ending is a little bit, uh, might be ambiguous or I might just not be that smart. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, but, so, I don't think. Well, that's, I don't know. Watch it and tell me what you think. Okay. So we can talk about the ending. Wait, wait. Did you say this one was gone too? No, this one's on there still. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can't tell with you. 
I don't know why. Sorry. I know. One one minute I'm flying, the next minute I'm DVDing. Uh, another movie on Netflix, Instant Watch, that is still on Instant Watch, but that you should not watch because it was not very good. Uh, on Netflix, it's called The Bloodlands. I okay. think elsewhere it's called White Settlers, so it depends on what you're looking for. Both of them sound terrible. Yeah, this I watched it because I saw Pollyanna McIntosh was in it. Oh, no, I know exactly what you're talking about because I almost watched this because I saw she was in it. Oh, yeah, and I'm sure you've seen it like go by in that Netflix yeah. rolling window. She's great. She's always great. She's great in that. She's always like the best thing in everything she's in, I think. Um this is about two, like, yuppie British people who buy a house in the middle of, like, farmland Scotland. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like, get home invaded. Uh, this was weird because, like, it clearly had production values. Like, it's a yeah. beautiful location. It has good actors in it. But, like, I can't really talk about it without giving it away, but it's not very good. Like, uh, it doesn't, like, you... Th- well, that's, I, I that's not good. I don't you know if it's supposed it. to be, like... The Strangers, where it's supposed to be this really brutal, scary horror movie, it at times gets pretty brutal, but then it ends in the weirdest, most, like, undecided place where you're like, wait, did I watch a horror movie? Yeah. So it's very uh, muted and strange, and it was ultimately, like, I felt like I wasted my time with it. So that wasn't cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I didn't waste my time with? What? ABC Family Channel aired one day after... I guess I must have had, like, I don't know, Burlesque was probably on before I was going to bed, and so I just had it on. And then after that, the next movie started, and I didn't know what it was, but when the opening scene is uh, women in a juvenile delinquent facility dance-offing, oh my. you better bet I'm going to DVR Honey 2. Even if I haven't seen, have you? Honey I was going to say, have you seen? I have Honey? not. I always avoided it because I really I don't care either. for Jessica Alba. Uh, I don't. I don't. I think I got it. I don't think I needed Honey One to get Honey Two. So I think I understand the premise. I think I get that. You know, if you believe in yourself and you help others and you dance. Wait, is that what it's about? Again, I'm not the smartest when it comes to movie observations. <laughs> Recircle, but I I think that's that's what it was going for. I love you. So this was fun. This is really fun. There was dancing. It wasn't like step up levels of dancing or step up two through five levels of dancing, I should say. Uh-huh. But it was still pretty fun. Uh, then, because I am nobody ever said I was a one trick pony watching all dance movies no all the one time. Said that ever. Uh, I watched 1936's Things to Come, which is a early uh, post apocalyptic nuclear war movie. That I must have read about somewhere, because suddenly the Netflix disc showed up. Oh, okay. Maybe it magically got added. <laughs> Who knows? I have, like, a, a helpful guardian angel whose only job is to find me uh, obscure post-apocalyptic movies. Uh, so this is about... So this is made before World War II breaks out, which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially about um, war breaks out, bombs are dropped, and much of the world is destroyed. And so it's essentially about the world rebuilding. So in the early years, you have back to like medieval ages where there's no technology and then slowly it develops. So so the movie basically takes place between 1935 and 2050 kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And within that time, yeah, it's it's actually really neat because it's sort of like if you've seen like Threads or The Day After, this is sort of the much... um, earlier version of that 
And it really also goes into like, which now is actually really relevant when you think about it. It goes a lot into like man's fear of technology and how in some parts points in this time period that the movie covers at some points people are like all about going to the moon and at other points it's no that's terrible we shouldn't be doing that Mm -hmm. so it's very i mean you you know the world many people are afraid of science blah blah so (laughs) this was interesting if it was hard to track down it was a long wait on netflix but if you and i think it's public domain so it actually is out there i'm sure maybe Um, the library has it the library should have it there you look at you with your library card i love it uh, so, but I recommend it. If it's something that sounds interesting to you, you should definitely check it out. Yeah. And then the last thing I watched, I went to the theater again, if you can believe oh, that. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, this was the first time I could see a Bond film in the theater. Oh, I should have known. Uh-huh. Um, so we saw Spectre, or Spectre, if you want to go by the It's Spectre, it. right? Spectre, totally. Um, I was okay with it i would say it's better to me of the new wave bond it's better than quantum of solace but i don't think it's as good as skyfall or casino royale in any way i think it's miles oh, really it's like if i've been quantum hearing a lot of mixed me, stuff about it yeah quantum of solace for me is like a c minus um casino royale is i'd say an a minus skyfall is a <laughs> b b plus i'd say this is like a c plus I it, the opening's really good. Um, some of the humor and the dialogue is still pretty quippy. There are some sequences that are just beautiful and are really cool. Uh, I saw it in a packed theater, and there is a scene in the boardroom. Which, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. The mm-hmm. boardroom scene. My theater was just, and this was the IMAX theater, so it was very a very big theater. Like you could have heard popcorn drop. Like people were just like it was very you were sucked into it. Yeah. Um, but for me, two huge problems. One being the main love interest was a dud. I thought she was boring. She was too Who young. Was it? it was the French chick from Blue is the warmest color. Hmm. So I might know her if I look at her. She's cute, she's pretty, she wears fancy clothes really well. Oh, there you go. Um, so But they like her whole thing is like daddy issues, which is boring enough but it's weird once you add the fact that daniel craig is probably 20 years older than her at least yeah uh especially when you have like monica bellucci in the film and you're like really we couldn't like can we give her more time and that and, i didn't even know she was in oh it. yeah and she i mean she's she's not in it much but she's there that she just made gorgeous. me feel exhausted it i mean the, and the movie i get the bond films always go on too long I know that. I know that mm-hmm. going into it. It's like reading a Stephen King novel and knowing that the ending is going to suck. Uh, but this one in particular was so... The movie ended. It really ended. And then there's another 30 minutes of a second. Oh, no, no. We have another really? bomb. That is exactly what I said about Skyfall. Yeah. I know but that we at didn't least really see eye to eye on it. Everything changes in Skyfall. Like, there's bigger stakes, all that. Yeah. Like, in this one, it's like, oh, we defeated the villain, blah, blah. Then it's like, oh, no, we didn't. And there's also this other villain that we have to deal with. But the second, like, final sequence is so not visually interesting. It's, like, hard yeah. to know what you're looking at. And it's just such a... 
And then so much of it comes down to this love interest, like, is the impetus for it. Ugh. And you're just like, oh, you had something here. You really had something. They totally could have combined the finales into one. Like, it, it just, uh, it was so, it was really, like, I left the movie feeling, like, much downer on it than I started with it. Um, really? Yeah, it's not terrible. And I don't mean to, like, uh it's still worth seeing. I don't know if you have to see it in the theater. It depends on like how much you enjoy seeing a Bond film in the theater, I guess. Uh, yeah. But it, it just, the, the ending for this one for me was just really, uh, one of, one of the worst ones as far as the, like really letting me down and making it hard to walk out. But yeah. Uh, but again, like there were things I liked about it and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, Ben Wishaw's great. <gasps> yeah, fantastic. that's the only reason I want to see Naomi Harris it. is great. Uh, there, there's some really neat things. Is, he even wor- is it even worth it to go see it for him? Is he even in it that much? He's he's he has some. Yeah, no, he's in it enough. I'd say. All right. Yeah. So I mean, I you know, it's pretty. It gives you a lot of different settings. It gives you different vehicles. All that stuff. It just, uh, I just feel like it's such a shame that it brought me so far down in the final act. But yeah, you know. And I guess that's everything. Well, that's quite a, a lot of movies for both of us. Quite a haul. That's how we live our lives. So you got to look at us. It. Yeah, we're wild. And all right, so wild. we're going to talk about the bad seed for ten minutes. <laughs> oh, you think? Are you kidding? I've got. I'll, oh, I know. Me too. Ten minutes just on Leroy. All right. So what? We'll take a quick break Spoiler. and we'll oh, come back goofy. and we're going to talk about the bad seed. So Christine, make sure you go and you tighten your pigtails. Uh, and you shine your penmanship medal. We'll be right back. Okay, I will. Each time I see a little girl of five or six or seven, I can't resist a joyous urge to smile and say thank heaven. For little girls, for little girls get bigger every day. Thank heaven for little girls. They grow up in the most delightful way. Those little eyes, so helpless and appealing, one day will flash and send you crashing through the ceiling. Thank heaven for little girls. Thank heaven for them all, no matter where, no matter who. Without them, what would little boys do? Thank heaven. 1956 was a good year, Christine. I guess it was. I mean, you know what happened in 1956? Were you born? Okay, well, clearly I need to be using <laughs> different moisturizer. JK, I know. JK, LOL, hashtag. I know. Uh, the Bad Seed came out. So this, uh, mm-hmm. based on a, really based on the stage play that was based on the novel. The William Marsh yes. novel adapted for the theater, big hit on Broadway. They bring that was going to be my question. I didn't. I didn't research this. Okay, I'm going to ask. I got you. I was don't, worry. No, ask, no, no, don't you worry. I did that for us. Is this a play? Because yes. it was like a play. Oh yeah, and it's very. Uh, that's one of one of the the main things on the film. So the play was a hot property, and it, it was like very quickly going to be made into because the play I think ran from like 54 to 55. 
So mm-hmm. it was immediate that they decided to make a movie out of it. Uh, originally, a lot of other people were attached to it. I think um, Billy Wilder was going to direct it one, at one point. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock was supposedly attached to it. I don't know how tight that was or if it was just like Alfred Hitchcock was one day like, perhaps I should make a movie about an evil child. I there was know. there was a moment, I can't, wish I'd remembered it now that you're saying this, there was a moment in this movie where I thought, I wonder what this would have been Liz, like as a Hitchcock, Hitchcock. movie. Interesting. But it was, it was I, yeah, I could see that. That'd be neat, but you know. Yeah, but we get this. So this was uh, directed by Mervyn Leroy. Okay. Um, who did other stuff, but I, it'll take me a while to look it up. That's um, fine. But so what happened was, I believe the story goes, Mervyn Leroy, Leroy saw the show on Broadway. He saw it and he was like, okay, I want it. And I want it to be that. Um, at one point, Betty Davis really wanted to play the lead role. Really? I could see that too. You totally could, right? Uh, but the, he stuck to it and the studio stood by him and said, nope, we're going to take the cast. So Patty McCormack, who plays Rhoda, who was mm-hmm. like eight on Broadway and was like 10 when she made the movie, uh, Nancy Kelly, and really almost everybody of the main cast uh, were brought over. Eileen Heckert, who has, um, who plays Hortense. Yes. Amazing. the greatest name. Um, she, she's, I believe she won a Tony for it on Broadway for supporting spoiler, actors. She's my favorite part of this Oh my movie. God. How great is she? How great is she? <laughs> Uh, so they really did bring it as close to the to the stage production, and I mean you could see it's very, you know, the majority of this movie takes place in in a house in an apartment. Um, it doesn't go for big theatrics or big sets. It's very contained. It's filmed very close. Uh, this is not like a broad um, mm-hmm. scenic film. This is very much about these characters and these actors. Um, and yeah, and I mean, right down to the curtain call at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I guess I should have. Which the best moment of watching this with my husband who had never seen it was we get to the curtain call <laughs> and I turn to him to see what he's doing and his mouth is just hanging open. Really? <laughs> and he looks at me. He's like, did you make me watch it just to see what I would do with that scene? <laughs> And I had to say, no, I really, this is a movie that's near and dear to my heart. So I wanted to know what you thought of it. What did he think of it? uh, He did not care for it. (gasps) What? I know. So the divorce is, uh, I called the lawyer. Oh, boy. I'm really sorry. He seemed so nice. (laughs) Right? He seemed so normal. He made really interesting points. And I'm really curious to hear where you stand on this. Okay. Um, And I think he came into it thinking this was a very campy movie. Um, knowing that this movie has a big camp audience, it has a big gay following, it has a big drag following. And I think uh, what he was saying, he's like, it's, it takes itself really seriously. Like, he didn't see where the camp could come from. Yeah. And it's funny, because we were talking about Crimson Peak, I kind of think, like, it's almost that similar thing where, right, the movie, pl- the movie is not going for camp, but it's so extreme that you could see why if you watched this and made a drinking game out of it, you could have a really good time uh, laughing kind of at it, but not in that it's a bad movie, just in that, like, you know, every time kind of Rhoda narrows her eyes, like, to me, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, so what it's did you... It is... Yeah. I could see... I didn't watch it with, like experiencing this heightened level of camp. Mm-hmm. 
but like I can totally see it. Yeah, it's just it's the, broad. The it's very broad. That's a very diplomatic way to put it. I I figured just ba- based on a lot of stuff, I figured without checking that it was a stage play. Mm-hmm. Um, and it a lot of the performances are playing to the back of the theater. Oh yeah, yeah. But there is no theater. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm completely fine with that. Mm-hmm. Like like um. I don't have the IMDb page open in front of me, but the mo- oh Christine, how could I forget her name? Yeah, Christine. So the mom, Nancy the mom's Kelly. name is Christine. Um, she was just fucking going for it, Road, huh? But I loved it. Me too. She was so good. Mm-hmm. It was it was a perfect combination of everyone else was on the same page. This is in a completely different time period, yep. and it's also dealing with unthinkable acts. Yeah. So, like, that is how a mom in this universe is going to react to that. Absolutely. So, of course, that was perfect. Yeah. Oh. So, I liked this movie I'm a lot. so glad you did. Um, I had no expectations going in. Mm-hmm. I actually watched it yesterday. Because okay. I, I was going to watch it with Zach, but then he had to go out of town. So I just kind of was just like, oh, I guess I'll watch this by myself. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think I was going to enjoy it nearly as much as I did. Oh, yes. It was just... Like, I unfortunately had to pause it a couple times during okay. the middle. Like, maintenance came in, and, like, my phone rang. Like, I was... But, like, I, I always was like, okay, let's get back to it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was not like, oh, I got to take a break from this. And it's like two hours, it's right? It's long. Yeah, it, it is long. For but me, it's, it's not too long, but I could see how anybody could say it is a little too long. But it doesn't feel puffy. Like, it's not so. like, like oh, there's this scene's in there. This scene of talking is just in here. Everything pushes the story. Yep, I agree. And I think that's a very theatrical thing. If, yeah. If you're basing something on a play... You know, the playwright has sat down and gone through every scene, and every scene is there for a reason. Yep. And it really, and considering they just basically took that with a big change, and we'll talk about the ending because we kind of have to. Um, but basically, took it very close to verbatim for the film. And I mean, I'm sure there's some stuff that they change, like maybe in the show they don't show Christine bringing Rhoda to the picnic because yeah. you wouldn't need to do that. Uh, but it's. It's very, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel padded and it doesn't feel like it overstays its welcome. But again, I love this movie, so. Um, I can agree completely. I never felt that either. I just, I just, I was, whatever they got for me, I'm, I'm strapped in. Let's go. Uh, So speaking of, do you want to give a quick synopsis? We haven't actually talked about what the movie is about. Um, so it's about, I mean, it's about a lot of things, but I I guess for me, it's mostly about, um, a, a little girl that does unspeakable things mm-hmm. and a mother dealing with whether it's nature or nurture. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen in it. Um, and a lot of like reveals and stuff that I didn't expect. Like, <laughs> so like Denmark. So like her, the father goes away. So it's just them two. Mm-hmm. And there's the lady that's in night of the hunter is upstairs. Evelyn Varden was her name. There you go. And then everybody loves this little girl, but like, I can tell that she's a creep mm-hmm. and her mom kind of thinks she's a creep even before anything starts happening. Yeah. She asks the teacher, like apropos of nothing, like, is my kid a creep basically? Yep. And, and what then- I love it's because it's so, 
1950s and it's like kind of the I guess like upper middle class so there's this you know she goes to a private school like they're wealthy but he's like her husband's military so they're they're mm-hmm. at, like at a certain station um and class has a lot to to like plays in a lot yeah but I love Which that yeah like when when Christine first asked the teacher like you know tell me like is how does Rhoda actually do do the kids like her do you like her and the teacher is so reluctant to say anything. It's like, oh no, she's um, she's fine. You know what? I really have to finish this. The yeah. teacher, because it's the teacher, does not want to talk about any unpleasantness, even though clearly the teacher doesn't like Rhoda. The mm-hmm. teacher suspects something about her, um, but she's not. She just doesn't want to do this because you don't talk that way about a little girl. No. And no. even when the teacher comes over to basically say, hey, I, th- you know, um, do you have the penmanship medal? Because I'm pretty sure Rhoda killed the little boy. But I mean, really, I just want the medal. But I didn't say that. Like, she's still so unwilling to speak about it. Yeah. And then when you have um, Eileen Heckert shows up, and that's like the first thing Eileen Heckert says is like, oh, I'm a hairdresser. You look down on me because I'm working class and you're not. So, you you know, so she's like, and she comes right out with it of, where's little Rhoda? I think little Rhoda has my son's medal. Yep. It's such a great boozy performance. Boy, oh boy. It's oh. upsetting. Yeah. Because she's uncomfortable and inappropriate. Yep. And like, but totally relatable. And, but you cringe and you don't like, don't say that. Don't do that. Don't yeah. touch that. What are you doing? But it's just really great. Oh, uh, so good. And she made me cry. Oh. I got so upset. Her last scene with Christine. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I got very upset. It was just she was a very likable mess of a character. Oh yeah. Yeah. That that is not an. E- I mean, everybody has seen an actor try to play drunk and not do it well. And it's not even like you can model your performance on her if you're doing it because it's so specific. Yeah. Um, but she is, I mean, her entire body is there in that moment. And it's, it is, it's so, yeah, and you can just imagine watching it on stage. And I, I'm sure that every time she walked off stage, she got applause. Yeah. Like she probably got the biggest ovation come the curtain calls just because it's, just like oh so good she was great yeah and i think that's what i when where i mean we're like she's not it's not a campy performance by any means um like she was nominated for an oscar for it and nobody would argue with that but you could see if you were watching this as a comedy or if you were watching this with that sort of attitude you could totally like just imagine dressing up like her for Halloween next year, kind of thing. Yeah, because it's what you kind of what you said about like you know very broad. Yeah, they're very you know trying to reach the cheap seats mm-hmm. with their performance, and but like everyone is doing that. Yep. So you're never like, boy, look at that ham. Mm-hmm. It's just this is the universe that this film is taking place in. Yeah. Now, how do you feel about? I like that the director's last name is Leroy, and one of our key characters is also named Leroy or Leroy. Every character says something different. So something different, yeah. Um, how did you feel about him? I loved him. Yeah. He's so he, creepy. He was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really uncomfortable again, but like in a different way. Yep. Um, really like, don't say that. Stop it. She's going to kill you. Yeah. And I love like, because you... At first, from like, the you jump, to, what's that? From the jump, I was like, 
she's gonna kill you like I I was immediately like stop talking to her Mm -hmm. well and it plays a lot again into class because you know everybody's Leroy stop talking to her when it's like no no he's not the one you need to be worried about um and that in the beginning he's very he's very inappropriate I mean yes he's inappropriate like but it's also you think um like he's saying really awful things mm-hmm. and you're just like, Oh, this, this guy's, this guy's awful. Like this guy's yeah. done shit. And then he has that moment where he's like, Oh my God, I'm right. Yes. Where like you realize so like all good. this time, like he was just playing her. Like he didn't really for, think she did that. I for real thought he did the whole yeah. time. I'd forgotten that. I completely did. And watching it this time, it's been maybe, maybe like four years since I've watched it. Uh, that moment when he's like, Oh my God, you did do it. I, I had that revelation. I was like, oh, shit, he didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now little Miss Patty McCormack mm-hmm. playing the part of Rhoda Penmark. Yes. So what do you think of... Oh, I hated her. <laughs> She's such a little cunt. She's the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I mean, you're supposed to, right? Oh, Yeah. I mean, and she's uh, on the DVD, which it's a good DVD to get if you're ever interested. It has a couple of, um, like, interviews, and it has a commentary track with her and Charles Bush, who did, um, what was that? The Sleepover? No, Slumber Party? Psycho Beach Party. Psycho Beach Party. Thank you. Um, So Charles Bush is kind of a drag performer and comedian Mm -hmm. and everything. And he's like me. He's, he loves this movie. Uh, so the commentary is him and Patty McCormack talking about it. And she's a really interesting woman to listen to. I mean, she was a child actress in the 50s and doing yeah. Broadway and movies. And so she has, like, a really great perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and seems seems to have had a blast making this movie and doing the show and got along with everybody. Um, and so it's, it's fun to listen to her. But just to think, like her being eight years old and doing this on Broadway every night. Yeah. How awesome that is. Crazy. Yeah. And what's uh, funny too, I, now I admire her competitive spirit. Yeah, I could, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, now at one point, Brandon asked me like, so do you like identify with her? And I said, no, because I never had neat handwriting. I never would have won <sighs> a penmanship medal. I would have accepted that I couldn't have won the penmanship medal and moved on. Um, but I just love her, like, again, her look. She only wears dresses. Nobody else wears dresses in yeah. school, but she does. I love that. Yeah. Just the way she, you know, eats. Even, um, when, at one point when, you know, she goes to the ice cream man to get a popsicle, and then the neighbor tells mom, oh, yeah, she wanted another popsicle. And, you know, Christine's like, oh, she, that's odd. She never wants another one. Like, just how measured she is. Yeah. And how, I mean, she's the first... As far as I know, and I'm sure I could be wrong about this, I have a pretty good knowledge of evil children films. I thought you were going to say popsicles. <laughs> well, that too, but that's, you know, a little bit lesser than my evil child knowledge. Uh, I, th- I mean, she is one of, if not the first, child sociopaths. Mm. And it's the movie never, I don't think, says like really puts labels on it. No, it, just it, say, like, it toes that line a couple times. Mm-hmm. Like, are they going to get into some antiquated old, like, mumbo-jumbo beliefs? And they don't. 
Right. Well, because it's very much like the logical, you know, these are all educated people in the movie for the most yeah. part. So Christine's thinking, you know, and Christine. I thought and, you were talking about me. No, I got confused. As well. You and your popsicle, uh, you know, encyclopedia over there. But, like, Christine's neighbor, um, Monica, is a big kind of pop – like, this is the 50s, so I guess pop psychology was a big thing. So the neighbor's always, like, analyzing and doing all that stuff. Uh And they're at an era where the idea is, like, you know, it's nature versus nurture, but of course it's nurture. Like, nobody's saying you inherit evil or you inherit this or that anymore, except then you have this example right in front of you of Mm -hmm. somebody that obviously was raised – perfectly well in a loving home uh but christine starts to see there's something wrong with my daughter and that's when it kind of starts going back and christine discovers well that's because there was something wrong with your mother and maybe it skips a generation and everything this is a very key week for us we have a lot of themes going on yeah we're gonna talk in the brood we talk quite a bit about uh what we pass down to our children so it's a very uh it's a great episode if you don't want to have kids, I guess. And make them evil if you think I was going to say, be. yeah, this is a good contraception. If you ever thought that you were evil, then, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Do you... Now, here's a question for you. Oh, we didn't talk about Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> but that's why I brought it up. Um, there is a moment, and I think season one or two of Pretty Little Liars, where, like, they kind of have a very minor subplot where they're gonna they're doing the bad seed as a play. Do you remember this at all? No, but maybe because I didn't have any context. It's that's and I don't even. I feel like they say the title once and then like the like they don't go through with it. Like you never see them actually doing it, but they talk about it. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure just for those that play along with Pretty Little Liars and want the reference, I think the idea is that Mona plays Rhoda, uh-huh. uh, that Spencer plays the mother. Uh-huh. And that uh, Hannah plays uh, Hortense. Yep. I'm pretty sure that happens on the show. There you go. So that's awesome for everybody involved. That is quite awesome. Uh, one of the ways you know this is made in the 50s, uh, how much do you love the scene where Christine's dad and the neighbor are drinking gin and tonics? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, it's like 30 it's, seconds. It's like, it's can like, I have oh, another, one? another one? Yeah. Oh, it looks like you're fresh out. You just handed it to him. <laughs> you're still holding the glass. What is he? Yeah, I did notice that for sure. Yeah, and that's one of those, I guess, like in theater, you're kind of, you have the props to establish something. But like when you watch it in a movie and the scene is maybe five minutes long. Now, I don't know. I, I like a gin and tonic. I, yeah. Like, I don't think I could slurp one down in two minutes. Man, I don't know. I... <laughs> They were, like, pounding them back. It was kind of awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, apparently, Eli Roth has expressed interest in doing a remake, by the way. Oh, no. Uh, and this quote that he had said was, um, the original was a great psychological thriller, and we are going to bastardize and exploit it, ramping up the body counts and killings. This is going to be scary, bloody fun, and we're going to create the next horror icon, a la Freddy, Jason, Chucky. She's this nope. cute, cunning, adorable kid who loves to kill, but also loves sync. So I mean, this quote was probably nope. from a few years ago because I don't think it's the insane reference anymore. Yeah. But that's not what that's about. It's no, not about that. By no means. No. I mean, that's bloody birthday. She doesn't yeah. relish in killing. Right. 
idiot. It's, it's very measured. Oops, and that's, that was mean. That's fair. That's what's, what I think is beautiful about her as a character. She's not a serial killer at all. No. She kills when there is something she wants, and the only way to get it is to remove the person in her way. So she kills Claude Daigle because he has a penmanship medal and he won't give it to her. Yeah. And I love and the scene where she confesses this to her mother. Oh boy! Oh my god! It's so great because she's explaining herself as it's not my fault; it's his fault. All he had to do was give me the medal, and I would have let him go. Mm-hmm. And she kind of does the same thing with other characters that she talks about, where she's killed them or. Um, and in one case, it's an older character that we haven't, we don't meet that Christine yeah. realizes, oh my God, our, our old neighbor upstairs said you could have this when she died. She's like, yes, she did. And she wasn't going to die anytime soon. Like it's, you know, I, I love the psychology of Rhoda. Yeah. It's not, you're, it's not, a, she's not a murderess. Mm-hmm. Like it's, there's a very logical, in a terrible way, yeah. logical way that she does stuff and it's purely it's that straight up what is it that narcissism of a sociopath where there's no empathy there's no sense of i shouldn't kill this person because no there's no reasons not to kill the only you know it's just if they're in your way why well they're in my way it doesn't matter if i'm in their way i can remove them and get what i want and that's what she does Mm mm-hmm and it's awesome. I mean, it's not, it's like, you know, I mean, I'm not saying like, ooh, I hope I have a little Rhoda one day. Like, no, I'm no, just saying. No, 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 But there's, there's a brilliance to her. Yes. Very much. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That sounds awful. Yeah. Her enchanting smile, which they Ugh, talk about. So good. You know, and you see the way she charms, she charms everybody except for a Leroy who can kind of see through her. And he says it's because, oh, I'm like you. But then he realized, like, nope, it's not that. It's just that he's not – I think he sees past – he probably hates rich people, for one thing. And so he can, like – he just sees a bratty kid. And then once he sees that, he can see the way she really treats people. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the older, childless, uh, you know, neighbor upstairs – you know, oh, well, Rhoda's so sweet to her, and Rhoda curtsies, and Rhoda says thank you. And, and there's this antiquated quality to her that probably plays real well with the older... With, with grown-ups, With the older yeah. type. Yeah. Absolutely. And you, you see it with all the older characters that meet her, that they're, like, there's no reason why they wouldn't be charmed. Yeah. And that's... And you could just imagine, like, who would see through her. I mean, you don't really meet many in this movie... But that once you do, like, she's going to know that you saw through her. Yeah. And that's the worst thing. And you know, and you get that sense with the teacher. Because, you know, Rhoda says, well, the teacher doesn't like me. Like, Rhoda, Rhoda can tell when somebody doesn't like her. Mm-hmm. Or when somebody doesn't buy her act, I guess. Yeah. So now, I do want to talk about the ending. Talk about the ending. Okay. So we are going to spoil, if you will. Um, but give us like, I don't know, five minutes to spoil the ending because it's really key. So spoiler alert, spoiler alert. What did you think of how it ended? You, cause you have no context for anything else, right? You watch this movie, not knowing anything about it really. Correct. Okay. So how did you feel when it ended? What did you think of things? I liked the way it ended. Okay. It, just, um, it worked for you. It didn't. 
Um, it worked for me. I'm glad uh, we're spoiling. I don't know why I'm dancing around <laughs> this. Um, so it ends, it does like a false end where Christine poisons her daughter and then shoots herself. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. And then that didn't happen. And I was like, fuck. Like, they both managed to survive. And I was like, this motherfucking movie. <laughs> um, whereas I liked it. I would have liked it if everyone died. Because okay. that is how I am. I understand that a, that's not know, the case. Because they didn't nihilist. die. And then... She died. Rhoda died. How did Rhoda she, die? She got struck by lightning. <laughs> Perhaps the definition of a deus ex machina. Rhoda gets struck by lightning. For surezies. Yep. Uh, so do you want to take a guess at how it originally ended? Um, everybody lived? No. Everybody died? No. No one died. Okay, so the original ending from the novel and the stage play is that uh, Christine poisons Rhoda. Yeah, I love then it. Then shoots herself in the head and dies. However, because as what happens in the movie, because of when the gun, because of the gunshot, somebody rushes in and Rhoda gets brought to the hospital and Rhoda lives. Yes. So the original ending doesn't is that Christine's dead. So nobody living knows that Rhoda is who she is. And Rhoda goes on, you know, and I think like the last thing of, of, of both is like her asking, um, Monica about like, oh, so when do I get your lovebird? Like that. Uh, mm-hmm. In other words, being like, yep, she's just going to keep doing her thing. Now, so why do you think they didn't end the film that way? I don't know. Well, remember 1956. Yeah. We are smack in the middle of something called the Hayes Code. Oh, yeah. So okay. If, if you recall, the Hayes Code, which was the, you know, moral Christian code for cinema in between, mm-hmm. what, 1935? 32 and 1960 somewhere around there the Hayes Code one of the tenets of the Hayes Code was that um, basically sinners had to be punished and so you could not end a film a killer couldn't get away with it in a film so therefore instead of the child surviving in this movie the mother who tries to kill her child survives but the child gets struck by lightning and dies crazy which I think is so crazy because the Kind of, on one hand, you're like, okay, yeah, well, I mean, Rhoda's the villain of the movie, certainly. But the flip side of that is, like, here you have this um, Hollywood law in place for, like, morality. And it's basically saying you have to kill the child um, in order to, you know, to meet our moral code. That's so interesting. Isn't that weird? Well, I'm glad she died. See, I don't know if I am... I don't know. I, I would have been so upset if, if Christine died and she didn't. I mean, I get so that tragic though that way. Yeah. Just the irony in the original ending, I think, is so like, oh. Like, because the last person knowing goes. So Rhoda's just going to keep, do you get the sense Rhoda's going to grow up to be Bessie Denker? Yeah. It's. I don't know. I, it's one of, to me, it's one of the most interesting interferences of the Hayes Code. Um, because again, like, just because the idea is ultimately that this nine-year-old child dies in the movie and mm-hmm. that's okay. And again, she's killed people, but it's, you know, it's fascinating to me. Uh, and then, you know, to make sure everybody's okay with it, we end with a curtain call where Christine playfully spanks that little Rhoda. 
Ay, Dios mío. I know, I love it. Um, yeah, so the bad seed. It's it's out there. Uh, do you have more to say about it? I don't know. I think we covered everything. How did you I, feel about the music? I didn't, to be honest with you, I didn't notice it. Interesting. So I guess it worked. Okay, because it's very heavy. It's yeah. very, but again, it's, I mean, it's 1950s, so a lot of movies like this kind of had a very expressive and maybe intrusive score. Yeah. Uh, occasionally it was a little much for me, but a lot of other times it really worked to kind of add to the mania of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you going to name your next child or first child Hortense? No. Why not? She said it's a fat girl name. That's true. Which I really liked. Really funny, right? It is. Are you going to name her Rhoda? No, I don't like that name. Sorry to all the Rhodas out there. <laughs> you never know. You just never know. Uh, there was a remake in 1985 that I've heard nothing good about. It's not Uh-oh. It's it's not out there. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but I've never been able to find it. Uh, and then there's like a sort of sequel, like not official sequel, called Mommy, where mm-hmm. a grown-up Patty McCormack basically plays like Rhoda if Rhoda grew up and had a kid. Yeah. So it's kind of the reverse of it where Rhoda's – the mother is basically – a grown-up Rhoda, but the daughter is, like, nice and, like, starts to realize something's up. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's okay. It's it's interesting to see that take on it. So it's called Mommy. It's out there somewhere. Hmm. Yeah. Any well, more? thank you for picking this. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. I really am. I'm really glad you picked it. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a, of its era, but in kind of a glorious way. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, the start of the evil child on film. Where would we be without that? It's would we have quite, had Esther? I don't know. It's quite the um, the starting point, I must yeah, say. It's a good way to go. Now, ratings for it. Quality of film. Why do I always forget that, that we, we do, do this? this. Um, quality of film. Mm-hmm. Eight and a half. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going right there, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, really? Yeah, I, this this is exactly where I think it should be, pretty much. The drawbacks are just a lot of things of its time, and I'm okay with yeah, that. Actually, with the ending, I might have knocked it down a little bit, so I'd probably go, eight, so? I'll go 8.25. Okay. Uh, enjoyment, quality of life, and all that stuff. Yeah, like 8.5. Yeah, for me, it's like a 9.75. Yeah. <laughs> because, again, I mean, I've watched this a couple times in my life. I enjoy it each time, and just imagining... Uh, whether intentional or not, how much of an influence it had um, to me is really important because I really mm-hmm. like the Evil Child film. Uh, and I think this one, for for one being one of, if not the first to go after it, mm-hmm. it does such an interesting thing with it because it really does look at the morality of what if, do I, can I still love my child and all that. So, Yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot deeper than... Mm-hmm. Like a kid running around slashing with yeah. a knife. And I mean, I love Bloody Birthday. Don't get yeah, me wrong. I'm okay with fine, a kid slashing but, like, with a knife. It was refreshing. Yes, yes. There's there's psychology to this and philosophy to this. Awesome. Uh, it's out there. It's not streaming, but um, it uh, it's there. I guess I have the DVD is out there and it has a lot of good features on it. So go get it, folks. Woo! Uh, now we'll take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about Rude. Kids, I don't know what's wrong with these kids today. Kids, who can understand anything they say? Kids, 
They are disobedient, disrespectful oafs. Noisy, crazy, sloppy, lazy loafers. And while we're on the subject, kids, you can talk and talk till your face is blue. Kids, but they still do just what they want to do. Why can't they be like we were? Perfect in every way. What's the matter with kids today? All right, fresh from our stay in the 1950s, we're now going to fly up to 1970 Canada Woof. to talk about the brood. Mm-hmm. Now, you'd seen the brood before, had you not? Yes, ma'am. All right. Now... Did uh, I remember a lot about it? Not really. It's it kind, of a, kind of a minimalist film in a lot of ways. It, yeah. Again, there's... I, I picked a really good double, didn't I? You kind of did. I gotta say, there's a lot of similarities thematically, obviously, just with the whole parents passing things down. Um, but there's also, there is a sparseness about both films where there are no extra characters in either film. Yeah, which is great. I, that, that's my shit. I love yeah, that. I mean, that's what we were talking about with Body Snatchers a couple weeks back. Yes. It, it is really, fo- it knows exactly uh, what you need in this film, and it doesn't give you any more than that, because any more mm-hmm. than that would be a distraction. Yep. Yeah, and I think this movie does it too. So 1979, David Cronenberg's third, like, real film, I guess, or third horror film. Okay. Uh, after Shivers, after the other one, Rabid, I always get them confused, mm-hmm. as everybody does, because they're kind of the same movie, but not... Uh, we basically David Cronenberg got divorced and had a custody battle and made the brood. Yeah, that's kind of what Zach's synopsis was too. <laughs> yeah, you you might guess. I don't think David Cronenberg liked his ex-wife very much. Um, it is that movie. That is the synopsis of the movie. Yeah, pretty, pretty, that's that's just about it. We're, is that? Do you want to expand on that? Or yeah, you know, coming in under time. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's what the movie is, right? Yeah, so uh, David Cronenberg, I mean uh, Art Hindle, uh, uh-huh. his character's name is Frank. So right. Frank is in the middle of a divorce from his wife, Nola, who is played by Samantha Egger. Do you remember the so last thing good. we saw her in? No, what? You don't remember the movie that we watched that she was in? It was the second episode we ever recorded, I think. That was 60-some-odd episodes in seven years <laughs> it was ago. like 95 years ago. <laughs> uh, she's in The Collector. Oh my! Yeah, yes, sure. is. Yeah, oh, that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Very good movie. So Nola uh, is his ex-wife, who has some uh, demons, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nola is currently living in a sort of um, new age psychology. Uh, what do you call it? House. Not a cult, but a yeah, like retreat, I guess. Yeah. So Ollie like Reed, a dorm room. Good old Ollie Reed, everybody's favorite drunk. Uh, love him. Uh, so he plays a doctor who is sort of spearheading this new movement. Um, yeah. Do you remember what, what's it called? Pir- I hear something like eugenics. Yelling about your daddy. Eugenics. The idea is yes, you yell about your dad or you yell about um, your dad usually most of the time. Uh, and instead of, you know, getting it out and just screaming it out, uh, the way you process all of these, um, withheld emotions is that your body starts to 
attached to it. So super interesting, right? Pretty cool. So you're, you know, you're having, you're talking about your childhood and, you know, when you're screaming at your father right there, you get boils on your skin and that's kind of your way of releasing it. Uh, that's one way of doing it. Or you could birth a murderous brood. That's another way of dealing with it. Spoilers! This well, movie's called Brood, guys. Brood. Uh, <laughs> so Frank is just... The problem is Frank doesn't really care about his ex-wife, but his ex-wife still gets to see um, their daughter. What's her name? Candace. Candace. There Candace. we go. Forgot it. The most sullen child in any film of all time. Love her. I love her so much. You know, she's, you know what? She's, she's got both feet on the ground. <laughs> this, this movie, watching it this time, the first time I watched it, I remember like, I, the first time I watched this movie, I really loved it. The one thing I didn't like, I'm like, man, the little girl is so meh. Watching it this time, I'm like, the little girl is perfect. Yes, she's great. Because that is exactly, she is, I think she's supposed to be five in the movie. And the whole thing is that her parents hate each other. Yep. Uh, her mother is crazy. Yep. And she has to listen to her father talk about how her mother is crazy. Yep. And she's just being torn back and forth. And she is just embodying all of this with this really blank, sad demeanor. And it's actually perfect. Um, there, there's one moment though, at one point in the movie, she goes missing. So, um, Frank makes a missing poster for her. Uh, yes. <laughs> but the best thing is it's like the picture he's using is this little girl smiling and you're like, who the fuck is that? Who is that kid? <laughs> I, I, this girl hasn't smiled the entire film. Where did they get that picture? Right. Yes. Very um, funny. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're right. Like she is effectively the victim of this movie. Oh God. Yeah. She has checked the fuck out. Yeah. At the age and, of and she just keeps happening to her. Right? Like, she's having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. It's like, you would really not believe. Bad. Because you have Frank who, um, like, he's, you know, so, suppo- you're so supposed to be on his side. Because he do- he wants the best for his daughter. He really does. Uh, but, and I don't know if it's intentional or not. You really watching it, or at least I did, I'm like, dude, and he says it, he's aware of it, because he says it to the teacher at one point, he's like, I can't, he's like, I feel like I've already fucked up my daughter and she's only five. Yeah. It's like, yes, you you have, and you're still doing it. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be any type of, like, active, let's not do that anymore. Let's acknowledge it, but... Yeah, he, I mean, I think he is a, he... How do I say it? He's not a bad guy. He wants the best for his daughter. He wants his daughter to be safe, and he feels like he's the only one that can do that, which is understandable Mm -hmm. based on what he sees. Uh, He is not cruel to his in-laws. He kind of tries to involve them in her life a little bit. Yeah. Uh, He's really... What I wonder really is... um, I mean, obviously, he's Cronenberg, I'm sure, saw him as his surrogate. Yeah. But I oh wonder my God, yes. if Cronenberg um, saw the uh, negativity of Frank, or if, in his mind, Frank is the hero. You know like, what I mean? Frank was just doing what he had to do. Right. Do you think, but, I mean, do you think he was? I Like, this time around, I really was... Um, 
it's not like I didn't like Frank. It's not like I wasn't rooting for him. Yeah. But I really felt like, dude, you're, you're not reacting the best way to this and you are hurting your daughter. And I don't, I'm just, I guess I wonder, uh, if you saw it that way, and I wonder if Cronenberg saw it that way, or if well, he was just I like... I saw it that way. Yeah. I hated him. And um, I guess, like, obviously, I think we're both on the same page when we say that Candace is, like, the victim, for lack okay. of a better word. Yeah. And I guess the villain is question mark? I mean, watching it with Zach, he kept saying how awful Oliver Reed was. But he's... But I don't think but he is. I, I didn't... I wasn't and there. especially because... Um, this isn't really a spoiler... The way he acts at the end of the film yeah. is very heroic, and it's very um, self-sacrificing. And it's like he knows at a certain point. I think he knows he crossed a line. Yep, and I agree with you, and no I don't think it. he's the bad guy. No, I don't think so either. Uh, and I don't think, as much as I feel like Nola is sort of meant to be, yeah. But again. I can't get completely on board with that. I can't either, because I feel like it's so clear. And this, I think, is is where we're not supposed to feel like, oh, she's just evil, is because we see that her parents fucked her up. Yeah. Her mom was an alcoholic. Her dad uh, was, let her be an alcoholic. The mother, see, the, my understanding is the mother abused her and the, and she hates her father because she feels like her father let it happen. Right. That's what I thought. Yeah. Cause I read one thing where it's like, oh, and the father abused her. I'm like, I didn't get that at all. I, I didn't think, think it was just that the was. father stood back and didn't ever stand didn't up do anything for her. And so she's held in all of these demons her entire life. And you know, um, Frank has the great line where he says, like, what is it? Like, yeah, I, I married, um, I married, create, or she married me for my sanity. And, you know, it ended up not working, basically, or something to that effect. And you could see why, like, you get this relationship, right? Like, yeah. You totally get that he's a caretaker kind of guy, and he met her, and he wanted to take care of her, and she probably loved that for a while, and then once it went sour, it was, like, the worst thing in the world. And they're both at fault, even though For sure. he probably doesn't see that he was also at fault, I think. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I like that the movie does build sympathy for everybody, I think. And even mm-hmm. the parents, I mean, her parents who are now in the movie, I mean, they're not elderly. They're probably in there, supposed to be in their like 50s or 60s. And they both kind of know that they fucked up. Like they're looking now at this, especially the dads, like I, you know... I just, I, I wasn't a good father. I wasn't there for her. I let, I didn't, I didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. And even the mother is kind of, I mean, she's still a drunk. There's a great JB, um, to all GG and CM Sears. There's a great J and B sighting. Uh, but she also says she wants a relationship with her granddaughter and everything. So it's, you know, there's no evil in this movie. It's not a movie about evil. It's a movie about, you know, like we're all fucked up. And if we if we're not smart about it, we're going to fuck up our kids. Yeah. Uh, so now how do you feel about the movie? I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a, I don't want to say dry. Cause that's not what I mean. Okay. Um, let me see if I can explain. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like there were any pacing issues? Um, 
it, I didn't find it as compelling as I want to. It's definitely a movie that, for me, I would say, I think this is my second time watching it. The first time I watched it, I knew almost nothing about it. This was maybe like eight years ago. The first time I watched it, I thought it was really scary. Yeah. Uh, I was really, really um, freaked out by the scenes of violence. The the one scene I still think is just crazy. The scene in the cla- in the kindergarten classroom is just like the most fucked up scene ever. Um, mm-hmm. But the first time I watched it, I was really unnerved and scared by it. Yeah, that watching it, scene. Yeah, watching it this time, it was less thinking of it, I guess, as a like a visceral horror movie and with the jumps and with all that stuff. And it was more looking at it from, uh, I guess, a more intellectual watch where I was watching and just kind of thinking about these kind of the philosophy behind it, I guess. Yeah. Like this, this time watching it, I was really, I'm like, I was really fascinated by Frank and how he was a more, um, uh, imperfect, he wasn't a hero, I guess. And the first time I watched it, I think I kind of, uh, didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's it. Whereas the first time watching it, I thought, and I still think if you've never seen this, I think some of the jumps and some of the uh, killings, I guess, are freaky. Um, But I think watching it now, I'm like, this is, that's almost less interesting of it than these other things going on. And I don't think it's perfect by any means. There's Um, just something about it where we're talking about it. And we're describing it, and we're discussing it, and I'm so all about it. And this has happened both times I've watched it, where I just watch it, and I'm just kind of like, okay, are we at the fireworks factory yet? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what it is though that's keeping that keeps me from being like passionate about it because I am passionate about the subject matter. Yeah, and speaking about it, and and the way I think it's interesting how like everyone is sympathetic, but yet no one is sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about it, you know? Well, like, even I, it, because it is a weird, now that you're talking about the pacing, like, think about the scene where um, we're dealing with the other people that were in this sort of self help psychology group. Mm-hmm. And so Frank is trying, because there's a couple of, like, legal things to it. Yeah. Frank is trying to get custody, but it's 1979. It's very difficult for a father to get full custody of his daughter. And so. You know, he's trying to dig up dirt on this, on Oliver Reed's group. And so he starts going to, like, ex-patients to kind of find out, like, okay, no, what's the deal? Like, I know that this is messed up. How can you help me, like, get dirt on this guy and, you know, bring it to the public and everything? And so you have the scene with the guy with the neck thing. Yes. Yep. Which I really like that scene because it's just strange. It's very Cronenberg because it's gross, but... It's kind of a, you know, in that it's not all about the gag factor. It's more about, you know, here's this guy who's something's off about him and he's giving you what you want to know, but not everything you want to know. And, oh, and here's this thing about him. And, you know, then later you get another scene like that where the other guy joins in. So I could see where that kind of maybe slows it down. But you just saying that, those scenes were completely necessary. Yeah. But also, when you said it, it took me a minute to remember what you were talking about. Mm, right. So they were they were important to moving the plot along. They are very. It was a stamp, a Cronenberg stamp that he put on it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. It just it, 
it was not it's not the first thing I think of when I think of this movie. Right. No, no, me neither. I'd, I'd almost forgotten about it as we we're talking about it, because I think so much of this is, you know, the creepy little dwarf thingies, which are freaky and and uh, and, and I love the look of them. <laughs> Because I think yeah, they, they they're make really sense. creepy. Because they kind of look like uh, Candace, but there's something so inhuman about them. They're like birds, kinda. Yeah, their faces are. That's kind of what I think of, at least. Yeah, I, I didn't think that, but now that you said it, it makes perfect sense. Um, you, uh, the I'm just like looking at some of my notes. It's like it was like, and if you take them out of context, it's kind of weird. Because one of my notes is it was her idea to lick it. I mean, totally talking about this movie, guys. Totally talking about the brute. Yeah, all right. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's it's a very strange... Because I guess you call it a horror movie. But if you were to tell somebody that's like, yeah, man, I love horror movies. You're like, okay, have you seen The Brood? And they were to watch it, it would be a really interesting conversation for them to... <laughs> For somebody with no con- context at all to watch this. Yeah. Because of that pacing and because of its kind of intellectual bent and everything. And then you end up having this kind of gonzo finale and like one of the most, like the saddest final shots in any movie. Mm-hmm. And final shots like, oh. Re- yeah, no, I agree. It, this, it, is, a, it is a sad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the stuff with the teacher is really sad. I mean, spoiler, are we spoiling? Are we talking? Yeah, I think we can. Okay, Uh, folks, we're spoiling the brood. Okay. Well, yeah, like, you know, I, this, what happens to the teacher is heartbreaking. Mm. And like, like, I remember thinking the first time. Like, no, 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 don't get involved in this. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to end well. Go home. Don't answer that phone. Don't answer that phone. Um, and then I felt bad for Oliver Reed. Yep. Um, and then I feel really bad um, for Nola. Yeah. Like, I feel like she didn't want this. Well, it's, you know, the whole thing is, like, she's trying to get help, right? Like, that's what yeah, she goes to yes, the psychiatrist. So. And... You know, ultimately, he never helps her. He just, he finds power in her, and she finds power, but it it doesn't help anything. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, at what point do, you know, had this movie, because it's interesting, too, this could have been done from a different perspective. This could have been done from Oliver Reed's perspective, you know, this whole movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's not, it's done very specifically from Frank's. And part of that, again, I think really is just the fact that this was so personal for Cronenberg. But you never really know what was Oliver Reed's endgame for Nola. Because you want to go... It's a pretty cool thing to write a book about. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, especially once, like, murder becomes involved, what can you do at a certain point with this? And you, you know, you can't really give this to other people. You can't... This shouldn't be a way people deal with it because look what it turns into. And, mm-hmm. you know, see, so we don't get that part of it of that, like, him dealing with it other than kind of feeling guilty. It's true because, and I guess maybe that's where I, I can point to a disconnect for myself is it's it's kind of like Crimson Peak. <laughs> it's not really enough about either thing for me. Okay. It's not enough about the inner workings of this family. Mm-hmm. And it's not enough about, like, 
this, crazy pop psychology. Yeah, yeah, like things growing out of you. Okay. See, I think for me, I think the family stuff, like there's little things that I really like. I love the fact that Nola, um, Samantha Egger, uh, the actress they cast as her mother, she, she looks like her. Like they look like mother and daughter. And I think mm-hmm. that's like a really important thing. Yeah. Like, even though they don't have any scenes together, like she doesn't have any scenes with her parents. But as soon as I meet both of them, immediately, oh yeah, that's that that's her mother. And I think that's like one of those things that I that um, improves the whole movie for me, I guess. Yeah. Where I buy this broken family, and it's broken on, on in three generations essentially. And I think the film conveys that really well without forcing it. Uh, and that, I think, really helps it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it makes the idea of, you know, what you pass on to your children uh, very effective. The Samantha Egger was uh, filmed her part in four days, apparently. Oh, interesting. Yeah, she's, she's pretty set aside, like set apart from everyone, you know? Yeah, and that was, and they say that, like, she never met um, the actress who plays her daughter, like, they didn't meet until the rap party, because most of her scenes really are with Oliver Reed and then with um, Art Hindle, and on the DVD, because Criterion just put out the DVD for it, there's a great interview with Samantha Egger, and she's lovely, I love her, like, she's just so, um, uh, seems very kind of classy, but fun, I guess, uh, and so she's, she talks a lot about working with Oliver Reed and the, some of the things she says is like many Brits, he was really good at being drunk and being coherent. Yep. There you go. Uh, and they kind of talk a lot about how he, he was a functioning alcoholic, how he came to set, he knew his lines, he knew his marks and he was very professional on set, but like he got arrested like three times during filming one of the times was because he made a bet with somebody at a bar that he could walk down the street naked. Like, mm-hmm. that was Oliver Reed for you. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, one of those. This was made, I think this was famous at the time because this was one of the first movies that Canada started doing, like, film funding for. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the first films that they did it. And because this movie ended up being, like, fairly controversial, because I guess people aren't cool with... Um, you know, somebody licking their, um, uh, brood baby, I yep. guess. Yep. Uh, so there was a lot of kind of arguments about like, oh my God, our taxes paid for this movie basically. Yep. Uh, but Hey, I'd be cool if my taxes paid for broods. I'd be okay with it. Like not real broods, but brood movies. I don't really want to brood. Yes, you do. What would your brood look like? Your like- brood would be so cute. They'd be little bird people. They'd be little bird people, little noses. Oh, they, they, your, your broods. I, I would like your broods. My little oh. broods would be so clumsy. They'd just be falling all they over would the place. Just, like, they'd like, everyone would like attempt to kill somebody and they would just keep falling off, off whatever they were standing on to try to get yep. to the person. They would never make it. Yeah. The, <laughs> apparently the brood is actually a bunch of like nine-year-old gymnasts. Oh, really? In, like, the That's last big scene. They talk about filming it, how, uh, I guess for some, some scenes it was, uh, little people actors, but Mm -hmm. for like the scene where they needed like 20 of them, it was easier for them to just go to a local gymnastics school and be like, okay, can we have your kids and can we put masks on them? And they're just going to all jump on all three, (laughs) which wouldn't that have been a fun day to be on set? 
Uh, and there is some serious 70s wallpaper going on in this movie. It, it's, a, it's a very 70s looking movie and I love it. I love it. The avocado refrigerator. Oh, man, do I want one of those. Yeah, I love old, like older kitchens like yep. that. Uh, this was one where like I watch it as it, I turn it on. I'm like, I can't remember if this was like 80, 81, or 70. And then as soon as Frank walks in in his bell bottoms and vest, I'm like, this is in the 70s. It's a very 70s film. It's, but in a great way. Oh, yeah. And it's perfect, too, because of the sort of self-help psychology thing that was going on in the 70s. Like, this is, this was pop culture at the time. People were reading these kinds of books and, you know, kind of the same way, actually, in The Bad Seed, the way Monica, the neighbor, is always talking about Freud and this and that. Like, the 70s, you kind of had a similar thing going on with cults and with yeah. this other stuff. So, it, again, it's very of its time. I mean, I think it still works today just because at its heart, it's about, you know, broken families and uh, passing that on and passing your anger and kind of your hatred on to your chil- children, whether you mean to or not. And that's just the universal truth, ain't it? It, it really is, you know? Good way to pick two good movies that I, went you know, well I'm, together. I say I'm pretty proud. Pretty, pretty proud. Yeah. Uh, Howard score, Howard score, Howard <gasps> Shore score. Yeah, great. Yeah, I really dig the music in this. I, I noticed it this time. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what it comes down to. If you notice it or not, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also love that this is filmed in winter in Canada. Because it's not pretty winter. It's not snowing no, and all that. Like, no, it's just gray skies and there's always snow on the ground and everybody's always cold and unpleasant. Yep. <laughs> and love it. Works. it. Yeah. Works well. Yeah. So do you have uh, more? I think those are all my notes. Um, I don't know. Let me think real quick. Mm-hmm. I think you hit everything. I really wanted to mention the teacher. Yeah. Um, it, that, that made me upset. I think that I, maybe it was to the credit of the actress, mm-hmm. but how quick you were like, yes, I'm on board with this person. Please don't kill them. Oh wait, we're going to kill them. And then the scene in the school, like that whole section yeah. is when I yeah. think of this movie, that's what I think of. Well, and I like too that, um, the relationship with the teacher, it's not a romance, but clearly like, it's just, these are two attractive people around the same age. Yep. And it doesn't force any romance in there. It's just very adult. And the teacher at one point says, like, uh, you know what? This is a little too much for me right now. Yeah. And it's not like he's made any advances on her. It's just clear that, like, this could go somewhere. But you know what? It's not going to. And I think another filmmaker may have had them kiss or had something in there. It would have been very easy to take that one step too far. Yeah. And it doesn't. And then, of course, that makes it even worse <laughs> with what happens to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I agree. The scene in the school is, to me, one of, like, the top five horror moments for me. Just because everything about it, where um, Candace is there, it's with little kid hammers, and the whole class is watching. Yeah, it's That's really, really brutal. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so shall we rate it? Yes. I don't know where I'm going to go with it, but yeah, let's I know, it's it's a tough one. Um, For me, quality of film, I am probably going to go with a 7.5, I think. I'm going to go... 
6.75. No, 7. 7. Only if you're sure now. No, I am. I'm you're sure. legally bound to this. This is opinion. why we have two ratings. You might not be present if you lie about this in the future. Seven. Okay. Uh, quality of life and all that stuff. Six point five. Okay, for me it's a little <laughs> higher because I think again the first time I watched this this movie I was blown away. This time watching it, there's st- I still get a lot from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm gonna go for an eight for quality of life. I just one. had to balance between the fact that I know this is a good movie and I like it. Mm-hmm. With the fact that I wanted more from it. Okay, that's fair. That is fair. Um, what does he make after this? I'm just curious about his kind of... My computer's being wonky, so I'm not touching anything because I'm afraid it's going to mess up the Skype call. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. Now, here's the other question. Do we know if... Um, so he's going through like a child custody thing in real life at this time. Was mm-hmm. that child supposed to be Brandon Cronenberg? <gasps> I don't know if I'm right about that, but I really like to think I am because I That's think it amazing. just kind of makes everything like whoa. Uh, okay, so after this, he'd do scanners and then Videodrome, which makes sense. Scanners to me is kind of the more um, like the less emotional, but playing with the same ideas, kind of from this one in a way. Thank you. Bless Sorry. you. That's how I felt Are about you that. Allergic to scanners. I am. Don't talk about it. That's fine. I'll keep Michael Ironside all to myself. I like that movies. Yeah. That movies. What's that wrong movies with me tonight? So good, sees. I'm a child. All right. But yes. yeah, um, this is like the, the the bookend to like when I start to really get into Cronenberg. This is the start of it, or this is yeah. The, okay, it's the start of it, and it'll end eventually, or it it, it has an end where I just kind of check out a little bit. I have to look at his IMDb, mm-hmm. but like this, while while flawed, I understand the importance of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what I like about it too is it's a movie that nobody else could have made, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I and think that's true did, of most Cronenberg films. See it? Yeah, I, I mean, because if you gave this idea to somebody else, uh, you you would not have the same movie no matter what. Sure. Maybe if you gave it to Brandon Cronenberg, it'd be the same. Or maybe it would be from the perspective of Candace. <gasps> Alright, so that is The Brood, which Criterion has just put out on Blu-ray. I know, I want it. I have it. Has uh, it got features? It's got features. I don't think it has a commentary, but it does have a couple of uh, uh, shorts. It's cute. They do one where they have um, Art Hindle and the grown-up Candace like being interviewed mm-hmm. and it's kind of fun to watch that because she she didn't really do much after this i think she did the dead zone but after that she just didn't she kind of quit acting um but they talk a lot about her and how you know she's actually she's really good in the movie uh, but it's kind of cute because she has a really really strong canadian accent and it's adorable that's kind of cute and they do the interview in a movie theater and art hindle's just eating popcorn the whole time that's kind of, and adorable. There's something kind of adorable about that uh, okay, so now, before we leave you uh, forever anon, no, for a while, I don't know, um, Netflix instant recommendations. Yeah, I have one. Okay, what you got? I have to look at it. I have it up on my computer because I keep getting confused. Oh, no. So this is, this is a movie that my mom watched and became obsessed with and would not stop talking to me about. Okay, so obviously I'm going to love it if I haven't already um, loved it. So she she wouldn't shut up to the extent that I actually sat down and watched it. 
I thought you were going to be like, that I actually blocked her from my phone. Yeah, well, no, she, I said, look, I'm going to watch it, and this, all your credibility hinges on this. So, it's a movie Mm -hmm. called Dark Was the Night. Oh, I don't know it. Oh my god, i got to put it on my list right now. Starring Kevin Durand. Okay. And Lucas Haas. Okay. Um, I liked the fuck out of this movie. Okay. Although, I can never remember the title of it. Dark was the night. I'm adding it right now because I'm not even kidding. If your mom vouches for it, I know that I, I thought it, to me. it was really well shot. It was stylish. It was simple. It was a tiny little story, but it was creepy and interesting. I liked it. Okay, my um. Oh, okay. This has this has come up on Netflix for me, but I've never thought uh Yeah, have to watch it. Don't go tearing down all the trees, or you might stir up something deadly. That's yep. the Netflix tag. Uh oh, I like Kevin Durant. Yeah, me too. Yeah. He's great in this, too. He's he's really good in general. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm still waiting for him to, like, break out and do his big thing. Now, here's my standard question I ask with a movie like that. Do I need to watch it all in one sitting, or can I watch it going to work and then coming home from work? I think you can watch it split up. Okay, thank you. It's kind of, and I don't think this is a spoiler, it's kind of like, like a character study on top of, like, a creature feature. Okay, all right, I'm in it. That those those things are cool. Uh, all right, awesome. Uh, my Netflix instant recommendation uh, came outside the cinema. Did an episode where they talked about this movie recently, and I'm like, I've never heard of it, and it's about cults. I love cults. So this is Faults. Okay. Uh, with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. This and, is on my list. I haven't watched. Yeah, it it's good with Leland Orser and Beth Grant. Is it Beth Grant. Yeah. Uh, this is good. It's 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 odd. Yeah. In a good way. Uh, Leland Orser plays like a sort of famous, but uh, not anymore, cult deprogrammer. Like that's okay. thing. Yep. And he's like <laughs> down on his luck and these parents hire him to deprogram their daughter, who's Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole movie essentially is like him in a hotel with her and deprogramming her. Uh, it's very strange. It's, it's a really good looking film. Like they, they get a lot out of it in this hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's really good in it. It's really, like, there's something off about it the whole time, and it's really effective for that. Uh, so I, yeah, I enjoyed this. It's it's an odd watch. Something good for if you're in the mood for something kind of different and, like, disturbing in an odd way. That's good. I'm usually in the mood for that. I feel like this could be up your alley. Hmm. All I'm right. Well, it's it. been on the list. Okay. I mean... I don't know what your mom thinks of it. You might want to talk to her first. She tends to like the... <laughs> she likes the movies. She like, likes the more of the movies I like normally. Like, uh-huh. Right, it's like, like the, the movie about the killer mermaid. Like, that she probably liked. Me and... It's like... I and my mom are the opposite spectrums of Emily. Like, wow. I'm on one side and my mom's on the other wow, side. Wow, that and is Emily's so in deep. the middle. Wow. It's like you're my broods. We are your I'm broods. I'm your broods. Um, I will definitely look at this movie, though, because it's been on my list, and I've been, okay. I've been, I've hovered over it a couple times, but I haven't popped on if it. If nothing else, it's not, it's unlike anything. Like, it's just, it's different. It has its own thing going, and, and that's kind of cool. All right. All right. I look so. forward to hearing what you think of it. Um, so our next episode, we haven't set anything in stone yet, but we're fairly yeah. certain our next episode is going to be a holiday episode. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm not even going to make a Starbucks joke. I'm. We're all above that. Fuck, I was about to. I know. I feel like it would be so easy to be like, and we're going to write joy on it or something. But I'm convinced that nobody actually cares about the um, situation. They were Christmas-themed last year. They had snowflakes on them. I have a picture of myself holding one. Yep. They, they weren't. They were never Christmas. And isn't, like, the Starbucks person, like, a mermaid pagan something-something? Yeah, they can go fuck themselves. But here's the thing, though. Honestly, here's the thing. I don't think... Okay, Candace Cameron, Kirk yes. Cameron's sister... Well, I know Candace Cameron. Well, here's the thing. Candace Cameron even said... It's stupid that anybody is getting mad about this. When Candace Cameron, Cameron is, is the voice not, of reason. With exactly that. When Candace Cameron is not on your side. See, I don't think there is a side. I have seen everybody on my Facebook page make, you know, say like defending Starbucks and everything. But I haven't seen anybody actually say, I can't believe Starbucks is doing this. I haven't seen anybody say it. I and think- that's why I think Donald Trump is, that this is final proof that he's just playing this game. Because the fact that he said something, I'm like, no, he gets it. See, all of this is a is a con job, and he knows it. And that's- I think like one super super religious website or something ridiculous. Yeah. Somebody made like made some like kind one tweet about it, and now suddenly it's you know, uh, it's that. And I really just don't think anybody actually cares. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I can't. But anyway, point being, we are going to do a Christmas episode. <laughs> Yep, and we're going to drink out of red cups. Yes, we are, we are going to do um, uh, every movie about the birth of Jesus that happened on December 25th. That's totally true if you, if you uh, you know, historically document it. Yep. Um, yeah, no, but but really we're going to do uh, the story of, of a different kind of Jesus, if you will. Because Christine informed me that, Christine, you've never seen Silent Night, Deadly Night? I've not. That's just crazy. I now, don't think I've ever seen any of those. Which, see, that's the thing. It's like, there's a part of me that's like, you know, I've I've seen, I've probably talked about it, I've blogged about it, I've probably podcasted about it. I think I did last year. But not with somebody who's, with you, who's never seen it. With me? No, I've never seen and it. And I really feel like, I'm just shocked that you've never seen it. And, uh... It's see normally I skip one and I just watch part two because part two is the best is part one um, condensed into forty five minutes and then great filler. But yeah, part you, one has my favorite. I heard you say that. Yeah, but you know you need to see part one because part one has the best musical montage of any movie ever. All right, fair I, enough. And I don't say that lightly because you know how much I love musical montages. That's true. Uh, <laughs> and we're gonna pair that with something we don't know what because we may have a super secret special guest star. Hooray! Using our Halloween voices again. <laughs> I Cockney voices. I'm not ready for Halloween to be over. Uh, so we will let you know about that, of course. Um, and like we said, we may, um, that will probably come early December, so we're probably going to have a little bit of extra time between our episode, because, I mean, dude, holidays happen and stuff. And people don't want to talk about Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving is a fantastic holiday. Um, I, I hear that Trader Joe's has potato chips that taste like Thanksgiving, so that's what I'll be eating. That's very important. Uh, yeah. I, for me, it's just I get to eat a lot and drink a lot and, uh, and see my fam and all those things. So, yeah, I always like that. Um, yeah, maybe I'll make a pie or two. (gasps) Yeah, make a pie. I'm totally going to make a pie. Do it. so much gluten in it. Oh, my God. 
Uh, well, you know, can't win them all. I suppose. Okay, folks, but please stay active on our Facebook page. Continue to talk to us and tell us, like, stuff of what you thought about the brood and the bad seed and Crimson Peak and Spectre and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, you can reach us. Go on Facebook, The Feminine Critique, or Twitter at Feminine Podcast. Uh, Christine, give them where they can find your short stories and your book and all that stuff again. Um, you can follow me on the tweeters, uh, at para, P-A-R-A-X-T-I-N-E. Um, my website is just christinemakepeace.com. Spelled how it sounds, folks. Yeah, I mean, if you can't get that, come on. Yep. <laughs> okay, now you're being mean to people who, <laughs> That's true. You know, put the silent K in there. Theoretical people that can't spell mm-hmm. my name, but yet want to get to my website. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> If you're illiterate but want to read Christine's work, uh, Christine hates you is what it comes down to. So all those things and happy Thanksgiving. And um, for our Canadians, happy Canadian past Thanksgiving because I'm sure. Yeah, it's, it, it been happy. It's like middle of October, right? There's, I think. Uh, happy, happy belated Thanksgiving, uh, you know, Canada and David Cronenberg. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, on that note, we will say our goodbyes and um, uh, give me that penmanship medal because I think I deserved it. I'm going to beat you with a shoe for it. <laughs> I had to beat him to death with his own shoe. I just had to end there. Good night, everybody.